Hello and welcome to this episode of Navigating the Waters, where we're joined again by our host, the CEO and founder of River VC, the fabulous Stephanie McKinney. Stephanie, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Kim? I'm good, thank you. And we're out and about a little bit this week. Yes, it is a, a traveling week as, you know, summer comes to an end and, and autumn is coming. But today we are joined by Randy Tate, the CEO and co-founder of iFlip. We're going to uh, kind of go over your guys' pitch deck, yours, Kim, as well as Randy, and, you know, hear about your journey so far and what has happened since last time we had you on. So thank you, Randy, for joining us. Oh, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I know, I'm really looking forward to hearing how it's going. I really enjoyed watching and being part of actually hearing your um, your pitch deck and um, just the structure and the way that you pulled it together made it really easy to follow, a really easy flow. And definitely gave me pointers of what I needed to go back and do differently on my own <laughs> pitch deck. Glad to help. Yeah, that's why we're here, you know, getting founders together to critique and edit and, and share advice and criticisms as uh, they're in the same boat together. So we're very interested for this first uh, cohort to come to a close. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, where do we where do we start? Why do we start? Well, let's with start with yours. Yeah. yeah. What's been happening um, since uh, the last time we had you on? Since the last time um, I was on, we have secured our lead investor. Um, we are just finishing up our Series A paperwork. Um, we had to amend the corporate docs to create a preferred class of shares, of course. Um, and it happened faster than I was even anticipating. So we have secured the first uh, 2 million of the 10 million round and have the lead. Uh, investors. So now I've got two other investors that are going through the deck right now, um, going through the, their bit of due diligence, which is generally less when you're not the lead. Um, and yeah, we're hoping to complete the round by the end of the year. Brilliant. Could you elaborate on preferred class shares for our followers, for our listeners, as we're trying to, you know, break it down into the, the nitty gritty? Okay. So when, when you get to the point where you're moving beyond friends and family, um, you know, in your own credit cards and your own financing and the whole, the whole early stage, you know, startup capital and institutions like family offices or private equity groups, venture capital companies, they're going to come in with more than the, you know, hundred thousand or 50,000 you're getting from the, your, your local known people. They're going to want something extra. So what happens is you create, and it's all negotiable what you put in it, uh, but generally the, the high level terms of a preferred share means that they get paid first in the event of an IPO or the event of, um, so maybe you crash and burn and you've got some office furniture laying around that you sell, they, they get to collect that. That's the biggest uh, piece of it. Also though, what comes with preferred shares is you lose uh, voting rights. They don't have the right to vote on anything. We had our shareholder meeting on Monday with our current shareholders who have common stock, as do me and my co-founder, Kelly. Uh, and that maintains the same. And the, the shareholder, the, the common shareholders were a little like, what? wait, what? what's going on? Like, we don't, we, they get preferred. Why do they get preferred? We were first. That's the common mentality. And, you know, I made them relax. Like, look, we also stay with common. And... 
part of the provision of the Series A round, the paperwork will be that anybody invested in the Series A round, if in fact we do a B round 12, 18 months later, if that happens, we will then, uh, they will submit and convert their preferred shares to common shares. So they just, it slides down the road. So that is the, the basic uh, fundamentals of it. It just changes the share class. It means you now have institutional money of people like yeah. Stephanie and River VC are now investing in in your company. And um, yeah, that's the that's the the high level easiest difference for way for me to explain it. Amazing. That's really good. Don't we? We don't necessarily understand what they are, and that puts people off sometimes because we don't want to um, feel stupid. So what would you say has been the biggest lesson that you've learned so far, get, like getting to that lead investor? There's a handful of them. Um, and, it, you know, I've, I've done this on both ends before, on the very beginning end and on the big institutional end. I've never done this middle thing before. So it, it was a different process. Uh, my other exits were much uh smoother and simpler than this. This is a more complicated formal process. So biggest learning is that you must, if you're watching this and you are going out to try to raise capital, you must talk to people, lots of people. And in doing so, don't be discouraged when they give you a new idea and tell you, no, 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 you should be doing it this way. Or if they appear arrogant or don't take it that way, be open to conversations and don't have a fixed occurrence. If you can do that, you'll learn and you'll start to pivot and you'll find a spot. Somebody will resonate with your vision. If you're raising capital, better have a vision, better be able to articulate it. Ours, we're here to empower everyone to preserve, protect, and grow their wealth. And we're going to dominate and recreate the financial investing market for the average person. That is what Flip does. And if somebody believes that's possible, then they can they get involved. Literally, it took five hours of meetings with our lead investment group. It's a, it's a family office out of the Silicon Valley. It took five hours. And they got it. They got the vision. They believed in what we were doing. They met our leadership team. They flew to the, the main person, flew to Arizona, met with Kelly, my co-founder and our CIO, the creator of our AI. And that was it. Done. Just like that. Much harder than, much easier on appearance than know your financials, have your pro forma. Yes, you have to have all that. And yes, I believe that's important. But the lesson I took away is the relationship is going to trump everything as long as they can believe in your vision. And it is your job as the CEO or the leader to paint the vision of what you're doing, what you're out to change and what kind of impact you're going to have on the world. Exactly. And we've talked about that a lot throughout navigating the waters is, is they could radiate and your passion is through your project and they want to invest not just on what you're doing, but on you, on you and the founder. And I'm sure they met Kelly and they were like, yep, this is the guy we definitely have to go and, and invest in whatever he's doing. So being able to yeah. articulate and, and share that with others and the people that have the same value as you will definitely be lifelong partners, not just investors. 
Correct. That's the whole concept. You know, I have two other investors lined up as well. They're in a little bit of the same process. One's already in. They're trying to negotiate actually themselves a position on our on our executive team. And that's how passionate they are about it. And then one last bit of advice. Tell everybody. Scream what you're doing from the mountaintops to everybody. Your friends and family should be annoyed with you uh, because you've said it so much. People closest to you should be able to give your pitch as good as you. You never know where it's going to come from. You know, again, we ended up down a, a much, um, uh, just a new path because I kept screaming it. Stephanie, you know, Jeff Hazlett, C-Suite Network, former CMO. Um, matter of fact, you were at the same event I was at um, in Las Vegas. It was at that event, although he's been a customer, he's used our software. He all of a sudden went, you know what? I, I want to be on your board. Yeah. And... So now he's on our board. We have a new board member and we have, you know, he was indirectly responsible for that, this first round of funding. Wow, that's incredible. You know, knowing who you know and, and being able to have that network of people that you can trust and, and respect and that also trust and respect you and wanna support what you're doing, that's incredible. Yeah, that, that's what makes a difference. And you don't, that doesn't happen if, you don't go out and meet people. I met Jeff four years ago. I was a, one of the founding members in, in, in the Hero Club. And as we started to join, as I started to join these different communities and we were just getting started, I just kept going to the community. I was just there all the time. You're just always there. And pretty soon the relationship gets to one where you become friends. Now you're friends and they start to trust you and then it makes it much easier for them to make recommendations. I love that. It's so true, isn't it? It's all in the power of the relationship. And I think you know, one of the things that we're seeing a lot more of, particularly with the younger generations, is that need to be connected to purpose and to values. So, you know, that's how we attract the people that are going to be in our inner circle, because we align. Don't we? <laughs> Actually, I believe in that mission. I believe in that purpose and our values align with each other. Um, and this is somebody I want to have a relationship with because Stephanie's told us so often on Navigating the Waters, it really is about building that relationship, building that trust and thinking of it as being that relationship for life. It's not a transaction. It's not, can you open your checkbook, please? <laughs> or be, yeah. I know you want the money as well. It is that piece around saying, actually, how are they going to um, fit into the, to the business and help drive it? How are they going to help shape it and bring their unique experience and expertise? And great that you've, from, you know, from your series, so far you've also got a new board member and other people that are really invested not just financially but emotionally in making iFlip such a success you must be really proud yeah I'm pretty excited about it it's a new phase now so we're going into I'm still out I'm flying out this afternoon to meet with more people but um, now it's time to start a new type of planning uh, to get ready for 2023 you know, super excited about, I mean, literally jumping up and down. So that's awesome. Yeah. We can't wait. I would love to have you back in 2023 and maybe closer, but to see what you guys have done and to, to hear how you guys have achieved what you will achieve. So I'm, I'm very excited. Absolutely. Happy to be a recurring guest is whenever you need me or would like to have me, I will happily come on board. Perfect. I would love that. And that's Kim great. has been on since, you know, day one and she has her own 
many uh, businesses, but we had her on for her podcast and for her um, her master mindset. But we would love to hear a little bit more about your authentic achievement when you did your uh, your pitch deck to us. So how have you gone since then? Yeah, so it's been, um, I have to admit, I've gone a little slower um, than you, Randy, because um, I actually am also writing a book. So the book slightly overtook because I got quite a lot of people that were willing to be interviewed as part, as part of the book. Um, but what we have done with the um, application is we've identified that there are some opportunities to use it in um, mental health. And therefore, we've started to have some conversations with um, the NHS over here in the UK um, who are interested in helping us kind of bring it to bring it to life from a mental health point of view. Whereas, as you know, we'd originally started it in the um, coaching space, but particularly more so around business and leadership coaching. And um, so it seems to be spinning into the fact that we're still progressing with that. But other people are like, oh, we'd like to use it over here. So that's been quite interesting, having those different conversations. Um, and seeing people that have kind of really bought in um, to the concept of making making this kind of support affordable for all, um, because a lot of the challenges is that the people that need it can't afford it and that they're not able to admit that they need help. Um, whereas we're hoping that creating that in an app, creating that in a more virtual environment will allow them to... Um, take the steps they need to get the support that they need without feeling that they've got to go and tell somebody what's going on in their world if they're not ready to do that yet. That's incredible. And, you know, laying the foundation, it takes time. It takes time to kindle the soil to make sure that it's the right type of soil. So being able to build that relationship with the NHS of the UK and have those other connections will definitely help in the long run when you're ready to go and the app is launched and then all that will be lined up like dominoes. So I'm very excited to see how that's going to plan out. No, I'm, I'm excited too. And, and uh, Randy, as you were talking, you know, so much resonated. In the last couple of months, uh, I've been able to connect with so many people that really like the idea, really bought in, have gone and given us great advice or connected us with great people that can help us move forward or talk to us about things that maybe we didn't know enough about around um, patenting an idea when it's the technology. So we feel like we've we've kind of although we went a little bit slower we've got a much sturdier foundation now because of the great advice that we've got from people that are excited to your point Randy when you bore everybody that you've met with the fact <laughs> you're doing something and, and and hopefully you know you meet those people who aren't bored by it but are excited by it and want to want to connect so that's been that's been great we've been really grateful to the people that we've had the privilege of, of being introduced to and have given us some thought or come back around and gone, actually I've been thinking about it you've, you've thought about this and how can I you know how can I help and and we've got a couple of people that also are looking at potentially joining the the board so it really feels like we've strengthened significantly um and we're in a much better place because I think one of your under you, you said it so eloquently you've got to really know your purpose and you've got to know what your here to do what you're here to deliver and what your value set is and be able to tell that story in a way that people get bought into it people go oh my god I want to be part of that journey I believe in the art of the possible I believe that that could be done and I trust that these people have the skill set needed to get that done so I think for me it's been a really interesting couple of months from a confidence point of view um, because there was that element of going, I'm moving into technology, having never done. <laughs> well, I, okay, I ran a software 
companies for a bit, but not in the technical piece. So I think that internally, I gave myself a, a lot of a hard time around. Well, I know the coaching, I know this part, but am I credible when it comes to talking about the technology and, and that element of it? which to be fair is why I've got somebody on as my technology person anyway to do that. But I think I managed to convince myself that maybe I maybe I wasn't. And then I went to a couple of really fascinating events where I was, um, again, sitting there going, I really shouldn't be here. <laughs> These people are all so much like, you know, they're all angel investors or they're all high in the tech space. And yet I chatted to probably five or six people about kind of what it is I do that we're then turning into the app. And they were like, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. We've got to talk to you because this is just that there is like such a wealth of opportunity for that. And I think off the back of it, I got four or five um, potential <laughs> pieces of work going in and actually doing exactly what we're doing the app for face to face for these people. But as I imagine, therefore, if you could offer it to your entire workforce because you're doing that through an app, which you couldn't do if you were paying for me to come in and do it, because one, I'm not scalable <laughs> on that individual basis, uh, but two, it's much more costly to have a to have an individual coach than it is to actually create this um, virtual one and the one through the box. So it's really given me confidence that we're on the right lines. And I think it's where we're now in a much stronger position to go after that first round. Yeah, and I, I love what you said about, you know, knowing that you're not IT, but this is the way to go. And then delegating that, being a situational leader in deciding that it's not my area of expertise. So let's get someone on board. So I love that you took that confidence. You said, I can't do it. We need someone else to do it, but we're having the same goal and the same vision. So that's incredible. And then, um, you know, with your ability to just jump into different areas that you're not familiar with by going to that com like that conference and exposing yourself but still having confidence to say this is what i'm going to do would anyone like to be on board or hear more about it so that's a it's a good way to put yourself out there and to like randy said keep pitching to other people that you haven't met before so it just becomes you know second nature hi my name is stephanie mckinney ceo of river vc and just keep going and keep following your your passion and your vision and your purpose absolutely it's so true it's it's and what, what I found from, from doing that is actually the amount of people in that room that were just as terrified. And it, it got quite interesting. I went to one particular um, meeting and you know, these people were like, there was 200 people there and they were all really, like, really accomplished, really um, top of their game. And yet the minute that it came to doing the networking, everyone stood in their own group with the people they already knew. <laughs> like, but you're not going to network with those. You already know them. So, so they, we're encouraging us to actually just go and talk to people that we've never, never talked to before. Um, and you could see how how difficult that was for people, myself included. I was there going, I've got nothing to say to these people. <laughs> I'm going to go and chat to them anyway and force myself to go and say hello and not be the socially awkward person in the corner that don't say it. Everybody I spoke to, I came up with the same thing like oh it's awful this bit isn't it going and talk to somebody we don't know it's great that you came over because we us two know each other but now we don't know you so we're okay to carry on chatting as long as you stay so you actually became the, the kind of the help point um for people and i think it is it's just it's not allowing your fear to actually get in the way of getting out there and asking um 
people what they do. You know, people love to tell you um, what they do and, and what's important to them. So if you go and ask those questions, you often can find a way where there is some synergy where, yeah, and there's also a bit of quid pro quo. If you've been really interested in them and listen to what they've got to say, they will usually do you the courtesy of doing the same and listening back to you. But because you now know what's important to them and you know what their values are, you, you're better able to tell your story in a more compelling and convincing way, hopefully, for that group. You know, the, the two things that I, I noticed that people have problems with is how do I start the conversation? They, they struggle with it. They don't know what to say when they go over and I've been coaching people to do this for years. It's real simple. Hi. There's your start. That's all you got to do. Say hi. Put a smile on your face and say hi. And the second piece is when people stop talking, we've all had conversations with those with people that are uncomfortable and they give start to give you yes and no answers. That makes it really hard when they just say yes. So be aware of this yourselves when you're doing that to others. Well, there's two magic words that you can use that will get people to talk about themselves. And it's quite simple. When you, if you ask a question or you're engaging and they're, they're not opening up, just very politely tone matters. Use the words, say more. Don't say, tell me more. Don't say, I want to know more. Don't say that's interesting. Just simply use the two words. This works with your kids too, for those of you with kids. Just use the two words, say more. And for some reason, mainly because it becomes all about them now and they feel like, oh, it's a freeing statement and psychologically it frees the brain and you will just get, poof. They will, they will just unleash. And you may have to do it two or three times because they may get a little, like, oh, no, 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 that's it, that, say more. And you can get them to just keep talking. I love so, that. I'm definitely going to try that. I've always managed to get by on the fact that I've got hairdresser face because people will literally tell me anything. <laughs> I'm like, okay, really? You're telling me that now? <laughs> yeah, sometimes say less. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I love that. I'm definitely going to give it a try because it has been it has been a standing joke with people like people will literally tell you anything. I was like. I know. I used to be a hairdresser, so I was convinced I've got hairdresser face because we do tell our hairdresser anything, don't we? <laughs> Literally. That's funny. <laughs> so, what would Hello. you? Oh. I think we're talking You froze, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Kim. Sorry, I was frozen. <laughs> yeah, say more is, is brilliant, and just going up and saying hi. But what other? advice could you give people in the run-up to going because I think that's the hardest part for people it's almost harder than when they get there it's the convincing yourself to go convincing yourself to get out of your comfort zone and go to an event like that when you know it's not something that you feel comfortable with have you got any advice you could share on how you get people in the right mindset to actually get through the door yeah people have to be in touch with their own belief they have to unequivocally believe in what they're what they're saying well unless they're just a sociopath which they don't count um so <laughs> unless you're a sociopath you really got to believe it you got to be passionate about it it can't be a if you're not raising capital it can't be a side hustle you got to be in it you know i left corporate brought kelly on and we don't look back 
I'm not looking for the door. You know, you got to be there. And then if that's, if that matters, then your, your energy will change and it becomes, I don't like to say the word survival, but if you really are passionate about this baby, that is your business and your idea, the only way to make it grow is to feed it. The only way to feed it is to go out and talk to people. I don't know any other way. You're not going to get it online. You're not going to get it on emails. You're not even going to get it on texts. Likely you're not going to get it on zoom. You need to go talk to somebody, get in front of them and meet people and just don't be embarrassed. You know, people get embarrassed. Like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if my idea is any good. I don't know. I'm better not say nothing. You know, let's, that'd be like a lion being embarrassed because he tripped over a stump chasing a zebra and be like, oh, I'm not going to chase any more zebras. That was embarrassing. Then he doesn't eat. Right. So you gotta, you gotta have no, no, I don't like the word shame, but you, you just, you can't be embarrassed or uh, you just got to put it out there. You know, anybody that's ever been, I mean, you've seen me now at an event, Stephanie, I'm at full throttle. I'm talking to everybody hundred miles an hour. Um, and that's how you gotta be. Um, that is how you get. And if you don't believe it, you won't do that. I definitely believe in that. The fact that you have to solely and purposefully have a passion that you're willing and able to share to people. Cause when I went to that same event, I was so excited because I'm raising my first fund. I want people to be involved. This fund is going to do exponentially things with different companies and, and everyone should be involved. And I came with that passion rather than, oh, they're not gonna like me or, or what, it was what can I contribute to help you? And in my, yep. that was my mindset and that was why it was so easy for me to walk up to, to strangers and to say, hey, what are you doing? How can I help you? And hear what I'm doing because that might help you in the long run too. So having that ability to just be excited and passionate about what you're doing. And if you have that in the core value of, of the company, then that is going to be resonating with other people. And that's why they're going to come back and say, hey, I met you at that event. Tell me more. I would like to know more. Where are you going to next so I can meet you there? So having that passion and that dedication, I think, is going to help your courage build up when you're you're going out to other people and, and talking to them. Yep. Yep. I love that. It's all such great advice because I think it is getting out there and it, it always reminds me, somebody shared this quote with me the other day and I loved it, which is don't let your fears steal your dreams. So don't let your fear of falling. And like you say, Randy, you know, you're not gonna, if you were a lion and you fell over, you're not gonna go, oh, that's it for me then. Looks like I'm a vegan from now on. It's like, cause you just wouldn't survive, would you? So you wanna have that drive, that passion and really get behind what you're doing. And look at you know, why we're doing it. All of us have come up with our ideas because they serve somebody, because they solve a problem. So, you know, I always look at that part now and go, well, actually I'm solving a problem and therefore, if I don't do this, I'm leaving people with a problem that I know how to solve. And that makes it so much harder to stay in the house and not go out there and spread the word and share it. Because like, actually, you're supposed to be helping people <laughs> get off your get off your bottom and go out there and, and face the world. And the world's out to help you. If you're familiar with the word pronoia, it's obviously the opposite of paranoia. Pronoia is the belief that the world aspires to do you good. And that's just a great way to go through, go through your day. You know, the, the world's out to help you. It's not out to hurt you. Um, and if you just do your part, the right people will show up. Exactly. And even if you, you stumble a little bit, you know, 
just keep going. It's it's yeah. it's gonna happen. You're gonna trip on rocks. You're gonna stumble. You're gonna hear no when you're raising capital. But just keep going because eventually it's going to be where you need to be. It's going to happen. It's going to be manifested. You're going to be able to understand it. So just keep walking and and I would love to continue to both on your both journey and and walk with you on what's going on. Randy 2023 sounds very exciting and promising. And Kim, I would love to hear more about your book and you know, thank you guys for being the first founders cohort in navigating the waters and I hope you guys are a reoccurring guest and we have you on soon. But uh, if any of our listeners want to get in touch with them, please let me know. Their contact information should be posted with this event. And, um, you know, thank you guys so much. And thank you to all of our followers for following our founders journey throughout their uh, their raises and their um, their building their company and and so on. So thank you, Kim. And thank you, Randy. Amazing. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Kim, as always, a pleasure. Look, yeah, absolutely. Look forward to hearing again more. And we'll see you next time. Yep. See you guys next time. Thank you. Uh-huh.